Yo, this episode of The Real Deal With A Kill is brought to you by Petite Law Firm. If you have a car accident, going through a divorce, need somebody to help you or review your contracts, call Petite Law Firm at 281-227-7883. Again, that's 281-227-7883. It's okay. I was talking about how proud I am of you for getting your degree. How you about to get this money? Did you show my graduation? Huh? Honda. Huh? Did you show up? Exactly. I came afterwards. Oh yeah, for the party. Yeah, everybody shows. Was it really a party? It wasn't. It was a gathering. It was a gathering gathering to celebrate you. And shout to everybody that came. And shout to everybody that graduated, past, present, this weekend, last semester, because you got your degree from Cornell, which is you know that's that's very uh, high end. You know that's I'm proud of you on that one. Thank you. I'm proud of you as well. I want to be like you when I get older. No, nah, but, but you know what's crazy? I'll be getting that question all the time, though, like the last month. It's like, what's next? What's your plans? It's like one of those things that's uh, – it kind of gets annoying when, you, when somebody knows you. You know what I mean? Like if somebody knows you and they you get that question, it's kind of like, yo, like you know who I am. Like personally, you know what I mean? Like I, I understand sometimes when people ask me that don't know me. But I just tell them, like, look, what's next is now. This is – my brand. I didn't do my brand temporarily just for school. Oh, I'm going to Texas Southern. Let me get this on my resume and, and move on to be something else that I don't want to be. Nah, like, it's not one of my things. It's, I feel like everybody should have a head start once they, you know, get to college, get their degree. That's just how I look at it. I don't know about anybody else, but came in five years ago with a, with a plan. Um, First of all, that's part of the reason why I took off the whole basically the whole month of May almost, to get things settled for graduation, finals, you know, and get back up with the show. And now it's, now it's go time. I think Monday knows that too as well. I think Tan that I miss dearly. She hasn't been here in forever. I still keep in contact with her, though. She's going to be back. With uh, That we know it's go time now, you know. Started off with a plan. But, hey, the show's back. We're good. I have Janelle Ford, KHOU reporter for CBS Houston. Um, I got on the show, you know, because it's one that we have some of the – we have some crazy things going on in Houston. Don't get me wrong about that one. But uh, with this case that's going on with Malia Days, and I've been living in Houston for 25 years, I have never seen a case this crazy, any crazier. You know, maybe – Somebody else have, but not me, you know, and I just want to get into detail with that because I remember like early morning, I had like an Amber alert. When everybody get Amber alerts, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, but I didn't know that was in my area. Like Rochelle, that's like most city, Stafford, you know, in that area. And um, that whole case is like bizarre. So you, I, the reason why I got you on because you've been covering it hard. You know what I'm saying? So I want you to at least just break it down from detail from the beginning. When, what? How was it day one? Okay, so day one, Cinco de Mayo, right? Yeah. That's, that when, that's when that Amber Alert went out. Yeah. Weekend. I was not at work, so this is a Sunday. Yeah. And in fact, um, I wasn't initially on this story. Like, I remember coming into work Monday 
Um, I don't even remember what they, I think they had me cover like some news of the day. But we get the alerts on our phone, we get the emails going through, kind of giving us the details about what happened, you know, over the weekend, what stories are big, what stories are trending, that sort of thing. Um, So I'm reading through, and if you remember initially, it's like her stepdad, Darion Vince, says that he was on his way to Bush Airport to pick up Malia's mom, um, heard a pop in his tire or whatever, pulled over. He has Malia and his two-year-old son in the car. Okay, so he is, so. This is his initial story. So in this story was that he had more than got more than one child because all I know was her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they have other kids. All right. So they're driving to Bush Airport to pick up Malia's mother. Malia's mother um, allegedly was at in Massachusetts for her father's funeral. Okay. So in the process of going there, here's a pop in his tire, pulls over, and he says that's when you know three Hispanic guys in their thirties pull up behind him. And what time was this? Uh, this is around six something p.m. 7 p.m. So in broad daylight, yeah. some guys came on the side of the road. This is what he's saying. How yeah. often do we see that in the world? So this is from Jump. So, I mean, my thing is when you're a journalist, and, and you know this, um, there's to be a good journalist, you have to have a certain, you know, certain qualities. I would say you have to have a high level of curiosity, but then you have to have, you have to be very skeptical. So, you know, we get the story initially. This stuff isn't adding up, like you're saying. You're picking apart holes already. So he says that this guy, um, these guys, they come in, they look at Malia, they're interested in her, whatever. They hit him on top of the head. He blacks out for okay. hours. Okay, now wait. Hours. All right, now pause. So, because I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know all the details. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't really watch news a lot, but when it comes to something like this, I'm going to at least see it on my phone. So he says around 6 p.m., 7 p.m. And this is for people that don't know the story, that don't live in Houston or mm-hmm. whatever, just not following it. So 6, 7 p.m., broad daylight still. Houston is hot. So you telling me Hispanic guys come over, look in the car. Hmm, I see a girl I like in there. I like you. And then, bow, hit him in the head. So how, the gap between, oh, I like this girl, all of a sudden, bam, we're going we're gonna to hit this man on top of the head. Sounds. I mean, it makes you skeptical, right? right but, I mean, this is what he told police. This is what police are telling reporters initially. Okay. Because this is the information that we have. Okay. Um. So from there, they abduct the three of them. Um, Vince says that he doesn't wake up until around 6 p.m. that next day, that okay, Saturday. Okay, so he, Saturday, right? Okay, so he gets knocked over the next day. He wakes up on the side of the road in Sugarland with his two-year-old son in his arms. No sign of Malia, no sign of the car. This is the initial story. Um, tries to flag down help from people because he needs to go to the hospital. He says no one will help him. Uh, ends up showing up at Methodist Hospital at like 10 something that night. With these lacerations and bruises and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, reports Malia missing. That Amber Alert goes out the next day. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that happened Saturday. Then Sunday we get the alert. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what you thinking when you first hear that? Um, I was skeptical. I was like, you know, this isn't adding up. I don't think this is adding up. We need to do some digging. Okay. Um, and that's kind of what started. So the Amber Alert's going out. Mom and her friends, they're passing out flyers on Sunday. Um, EquiSearch gets involved that Monday and then, you know, the police start kind of prodding into his story. And the first thing they're telling us, the media, is that there's holes. A lot of them. Mm-hmm. It don't sound, it didn't sound right from the beginning. And then this, okay, and then this is why I get skeptical. Because I didn't know about that story. Mm-hmm. I started looking at the mom. And I know we're going to get to her, obviously. But I was looking at her and I look, I read people. I'm a good reader. 
for people that don't know, I don't think you knew this. I'm a very good reader. I can read people the way you act. I looked at Monday. I know he's a chilled guy. Cool, laid back, do his job. That's it. I look at you. Firecracker, firecracker. Knew that from the jump. So with the mom, when you see somebody get emotional, cause I watch a lot of Netflix documentaries. I watch, I watch a lot of documentaries, y'all. Like Disappearance of Madeline McCann. I watched the murder mysteries with the, um, the chick, the lady that fell on the, on the down the steps, uh, evil jeans, all that, all the good stuff. And you know, when somebody lose their child, I have a child. If I lose my child the next day, dude, dude I don't want to see the media. I'm trying to find a child for real. You're going to see, I'm, I'm mad. But I can't tell how people act emotionally because that's your emotion. That, that's initial emotion, your initial thought. So I looked at her at the press conference. It kind of felt like a cry of guilt, like she knew something that she don't want to say. I think to me, that is more she's crying for of guilt and things that was going on in the household that we don't know about. More than, oh, my God, I lost my child. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I could be wrong, though. I mean, in the interviews that, you know, Quanell X is representing the mom and is kind of being her spokesperson. And uh, a lot of the allegations that he said that he's gotten from Brittany Bowens, that's her, that's the mom's name, uh-huh. um, was that, you know, Vince had been abusing Malia, all this kind of stuff. Um, I know that initially when we were looking into this case, uh, our I-team, which is great, Cheryl and our I-team, she did this really in-depth look and found out that Malia had been taken away by CPS because she'd had a fall and had um, trauma to her head. So, like, she was in CPS care for a while. Uh, The grandma was saying, oh, release her into my care, don't send her back to the home, all that kind of stuff. So then we had this history of this pattern of violence that Malia was, you know, she was experiencing in that household. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a lot of people were questioning, like, as a mom, you know, if you saw this, how did you let it go on? And like Quan Alex at one point had said, well, you know, she, the mom was abused as a kid. So she just thought it was normal, all that kind of stuff. So like, there's a lot of different layers to this. And like, it's slowly, I mean, it's like an onion. It's unpeeling and peeling. We're learning more and more as this story's progressed. I mean, it's been what, 15 days since Malia, you know, was first reported missing since that Amber Alert first went out. So. And it's like an onion. Yeah. Great analogy. That's how, I mean, it is. It's just layer by layer by layer No, by layer. okay. So now this is where it gets interesting now. Mm-hmm. After the press conference a couple of days later, a surveillance footage come out with. Well, you have to realize one, there's been multiple press conferences with mom. But the, you're be, talking be, about the initial one when so, mom was first speaking before Quan Alex yeah. took over as like the, her voice. Yeah. So okay. what I'm, so now what I'm talking about is now the image that I think got a lot of people talking was, all right. Laundry basket, trash bag. Exactly. First of all, we all wash our clothes. We have never put a trash bag in our laundry basket, ever. So, well, not me. I don't. But the bag looked big enough to be like, okay, something something ain't going on. And you have to put it into context, too, because April 30th, they have surveillance video of Vince and Malia going into the apartment. Yeah. I think I, was that the second one or the first? Because the first footage we seen was that's the, the first, the first, the last picture that we have of Malia. It's, okay, and it's the same surveillance camera that we're getting this footage. Okay, from. okay. So you see them, you see him, you see her trailing him as they're walking into the apartment. You don't see Vince again on the surveillance until he's coming out with that basket. laundry basket with the garbage bag, and then later on you see him carrying bleach. Right. Yeah. And that was days apart. 
So then, I mean, obviously, at some point, police got a warrant to go in there, search the apartment. They did that search. They found blood evidence in the bathroom uh, that they said was linked to Malia's toothbrush. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then... Okay, I was like... And then, um, besides that, um, they did the, uh, the car, once they found the car. Now, that's the day that I was on the story. And I was actually out. Found the car in Rocheron, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, on some. Okay. No, no, no. The car wasn't in Rocheron. The car was in um, Mo City. Mo City, yeah. It was in Mo City. Yeah. 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 So, we were out where they were looking for Malia. Um, I was out there with EquiSearch. They were going through some of the, like, rougher terrain in that area. And then one of the volunteers, like all of them, kind of rushed back to where their little station was. And one of the volunteers just walks up to me. And he's like, they think they found the car. So they found the car at the this um, strip center parking lot. The car mm-hmm. was unlocked. Uh, once they got into the car, they had the cadaver dogs out there. Cadaver dogs sniffed the trunk. Um, and they detected, you know, human decomposition. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, so that discovery is what led to Vince being charged with tampering with evidence, namely a corpse. Wow. Um, that bond initially set at $1 million. Um, if you know anything about the legal system, that was a little excessive considering, you know, murder's not confirmed, there's no body, etc. But also the fact, and this is from RKHOU Legal Analyst, also the fact that um, later on he could be charged with murder if they have enough evidence. So the bond was reduced. It's now sitting at $45,000. Uh, last check, he's still sitting in jail. He's been in jail since last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. And then just the continual mom finally broke her silence, talked to all the local stations this mm-hmm. past week uh, mm-hmm. with Quan Alex by her side. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we said, still no sign of Malia. Yesterday there was another vigil for her. There's been balloon releases, all that. But it's just like someone knows what happened to this little girl. And, like, at this point, it's like, why aren't you speaking up? I'm going to put it like this. I'm going to just be, I'm gonna just cut to the chase. Yo, it's, you find decomposition. You find blood in the house. She's been missing. Yo, he's got to just cut to the chase. She passed away. He and did I mean, something. At this point, it's a, it's a recovery. He it's probably, not like he a He probably rescue. burned her. He burned her body. Well, I mean, they also, they found that, that gas can in the back of the car. You know what I'm saying? Like. It's called spade to yo. Like, yo, he kills her. I believe, like a lot of people do, that the mom knows something. They, there's no way that you leave. Okay, first of all, if you know you've been abused as a child and he's he's been abusing your child, why would you go leave to Massachusetts and then leave your child with somebody that you know that abuses your child? I mean, and those are all questions that people are continually asking. Those are questions that viewers are sending us. But it's like, I mean, we don't know. We don't know. Is it- and then even, I take it back to uh, Vince when he was supposed to make his second appearance in court. Yeah. So we're in the courtroom. Um, Quan Alex, Brittany Bowens, both front row of the court. Um, and there's a whole bunch of people. Some people wearing, like, Justice for Malia t-shirts. So... Initially, I thought these were supporters of mom that were in there, that were there to be by her side as he, you know, gets his charges read and they do all that kind of stuff. And yes, it was. It was mostly. It was mostly the opposite. Like we came outside and I've never, I've been in court. I mean, I've been doing this for a minute. I've been in court plenty of times for plenty of crazy cases and I have never seen something like that after, after a court hearing. I mean, granted, it wasn't 
his hearing got delayed, so it's going to be July 10th as of right now. But um, they came out, Quan Alex, Brittany Bowens, we're all set up. All our cameras are set up. All the reporters are there. Um, we're trying to do the interview, and all the people that were in the courthouse for Malia are standing behind our cameras, and they're just screaming at mom, like, how could you do this? That was your baby. When are you going to be charged? Just, like, attacking her. And uh, she kind of just hid behind Quanell. Um, I mean, she cried a little bit. They what The part that got me was that once the interview was over, they go to the elevators. And I don't know if you've ever been in the courthouse, but, I mean, it's the one that was uh, flooded out. No, it wasn't. Let me not say no, that. No, all y'all fit inside one. the elevator. But, but, yeah, so the elevators aren't that – they're not that big. I mean, yeah. it's still, you know, pretty compact. Um but Quanalex and Brittany, they get in the elevator, and then a swarm of mm-hmm. these people I hop in the elevator with them, screaming and hollering at her and berating her. And I'd never seen anything like that. So I remember I was live at noon, and that was the center of my, my live shot. Like, yeah, you know, this uh, hearing has been postponed, but let me tell you about the craziness that was in the courthouse today. Yeah. So, I mean, people are skeptical. Um, I... Pray to God that mom wasn't involved. And if she is. Then, I mean, hopefully what is, I'm just whatever like investigators the- will, you know, do what they, they're doing. But you know what? There's another thing. So in law, there's like moral obligation and then there's like criminal implication. Mm-hmm. So she morally, I mean, leaving her child with this man that she knew was abusing her child. I mean, that's bad. But that doesn't necessarily mean that she can be criminally charged for that. So do you think they're going to find anything towards her? At this point, it's been two weeks. I have no idea. I feel like the police would have to find some sort of evidence saying that, you know, she knew she was a part of an orchestrated plan to do this or she was made aware of something happening to her and, like, was a part of a cover-up or something like that. You just don't leave your child with somebody that's abused your child. That's just, first of all, you, you if they've been together, Hey, you know he's an abusive person. Why would you even stay with him? But I'm going to tell you what, though. Some people don't know better. This this, this is my thing. If they was going through issues, I'm going to tell you something right now. They should have called Petit Law Firm. If they was going, they could have any dispute, divorce, if you want any contracts, anything, they could have called Petit Law Firm. And I'll tell you that number. So if you do see him, talk to somebody and know, hey, give him the number. 281 227 7883 again. It's 281-227-7883 Petit Law Firm. Now back to the case. So now it's been two weeks. Fifteen days. Two weeks in a day. Fifteen. Fifteen days. Fifteen days. Now what's what's next? Like where do we go from? Are we just waiting for July 10th or are we just waiting on something like in well, between? Equus search, they've suspended their search. Um, because at this point, so many people they were they were taking off work to look for this little girl. Mm-hmm. And it was, they were going off various tips, but you don't want to search blindly. All right. Um, there's been issues with the search, not in like the personnel that was out there, but in the weather. Mm-hmm. That's made things more difficult. Whereas, you know, as this goes on and on, the chances, you know, dwindle down. That's just how this sort of thing works. Um, so speaking with Tim Miller, he's the uh, CEO of EquiSearch, founder of EquiSearch. Um, mm-hmm. He says that, you know, when they get credible tips, they will go out and look for her. They're not giving up on this case. It's just a matter of, like, they need to zero in on where they should be looking at this point. Um, so at this point, police, 
you know, trying to talk with Vince, who's in jail right now, who hasn't been cooperative with them, um, trying to still talking with the mom and seeing if, you know, maybe she knew something. Because I'll tell you this, we were in Rosharon the day after they uh, started looking over there, the day after they got the tip about the haunted house out there. And uh, the haunted house. That's where they were. They were looking for her around the haunted house. Oh, Rose Sharon. okay. Got yeah. It. So day later, EquiSearch is back out there looking in a different area uh-huh. because Vince used to have a mail route out there. Okay. Um, and there was a, a false alarm. Okay. They had found this this big plastic bag thrown off the side of the road over a fence. And that's the bag that was in that laundry bag. But it wasn't. So they called in authorities. Authorities get the bag, open it up. And it was a bag of dead fish. But because they'd been on such high alert looking for Malia, you know, the smallest thing like that will cause yeah. a bit of a frenzy. A commotion, yeah. Yeah. So it was like, at that point, the news crews, there I mean, all of us were out there. We thought that, you know, maybe this is it. Maybe yeah. this is solved. Maybe they found her. Um, but it wasn't the case. It was a dead It was yeah. a bag of dead fish. Yeah. So, Man, that's... And that day we talked to Tim Miller and he was like, you know, we've got to zero in on a location. We can't just be out here, you know, looking blindly. I think that's like because it's a waste one. of resources. You know, it's a waste of time. Yeah. I mean, you really have to zero in on an area. And it sucks. It really sucks that no one's willing to speak up about what happened to this little girl. Four years old. All right. So let's say we have suspects in mind. Of course, obviously, you stuff that. So we throw in the mom as number two, right? I mean, police think, haven't police haven't named her as a person. Of well, let's just say like let's put our caps like our theory caps together. I can't. I mean, I I really can't though. Like it's yeah. just we have the information that we have, and until police imply her, then I mean, she's she's just a morning mom. All right, so I'm gonna ask you this. So just answer this one. Knowing just covering this this whole thing. What's your initial? What's your thought right now? Fifteen days can be found. What you thinking right now? Um. Honestly, I feel like they may be missing a spot. If that makes any sense, uh, I think police really they hit something finding that surveillance video from the neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like there should be. Maybe there's other surveillance video out there. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like there's ways. I don't know if they've gone through and tracked Vince's phone because, I mean, it'll ping off those towers and such. I know there was some discrepancies with uh, the mom's trip yeah. because the last picture that anyone has of Malia is from April 30th. That Amber Alert didn't go out until May 5th. That's six days. Five, mm-hmm. six days. And usually Amber Alerts go out like... No, 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 no. There's like a time period on on when an Amber Alert can go out. So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that like... Darian Vince was supposed to pick up the mom that Friday Mm -hmm. from the airport. Mm -hmm. When they didn't show up to the airport, mom just called somebody else and got a ride. Okay. But why 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 didn't she say anything about where's Malia then? Why did it take until that next night? That's the question that I have. Yeah. For, you know, that's your little girl, that's your fiance, and that's, you know, a two year old kid too. So why wasn't there any question about where they were? If you couldn't get in contact with them, you got back from being out of town. Yeah. That's a question that I have. And if she really flew 
No, I mean she. I mean, the, there's like obituary, all that kind of stuff. Oh, like so that. there's evidence that she really. There's did There's evidence fly. that she was at this funeral. Yeah. Okay, so she was in. She was really in Massachusetts. Yeah. Okay, uh, I was going to ask, like, okay, if that could be a striking evidence, if she didn't go, call up the airport or something. But she already did. They yeah, yeah. so they have all the information about that. And then there was like, um, there's discrepancies because like the dad had died earlier in April, but the funeral wasn't until like way later on. Yeah. Um, but then the family was saying, you know. They had to get the money together to be able to afford the funeral, yada, yada. So this it's just a lot. Um, one of the questions that I had is that I, I just wondered why the mom enlisted in Quanell X to speak for her. I was going to ask that. Um, I was going to ask that. That was one of the things that I was wondering. Mm-hmm. Um, and granted, this is, this is a very, you know, intense case. So I get that, you know, if you've never... If she is innocent and, you know, you've never had something like this happen and you don't know how this sort of thing plays out and you have this person that, you know, is known as a community activist or whatever saying that, oh, yeah, like, I'll step in and I'll help you with this, then, yeah, maybe you would want the help. But I just, that was peculiar to me. My question is I wonder why Quanah Us is taking her side. You know, sometimes when you see, like, like the Nipsey Hussle case that we, Chris Darden took, Eric Holder's side, people was like, oh, why is he on that side? Yada, yada, yada. I'm asking why do you, why is Quanell X taking her side and standing up for like, man, look, she's innocent. He's fighting for her. Mm-hmm. I want, do we know why? No. But I mean, like, you have to flash back. Um, Jasmine Barnes' case back in January. That's the little girl that was shot in the drive-by. Uh-huh. Um, he was a part of, he was in the mix in that too. Right. Because I mean, I'm not from Houston, uh, for those that don't know. So I wasn't really aware of who he was. Right. That was my first time, you know, really seeing him, Jasmine Barnes. So then second go round, it's like, oh, okay, he's a part of this one too. Um, why did mom reach out to him or did he reach out to mom? I don't know. It's very interesting. So this the, is this the craziest case you ever covered? No. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to children, yes. And with all the twists and turns, yes. But I mean... I always tell people when I talk about the Houston news market, because people ask me about it a lot, Houston is a vicious, we have a vicious news cycle here. Like when I think about, I've been here a year and a half. When I think about all the stories I've covered, I was in Austin for the Austin bombings. That was, that was probably the craziest story that I've ever covered. It was last April. Oh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Then uh, we were the first crew on the ground, Santa Fe High School shooting. Mm -hmm. And then remember the guy that was going to the mattress stores and killing people and then, I mean, there's so much. It's just like story after story yeah, after Baytown. story. Yeah, we've got Pam Turner over in Baytown. That mm-hmm. story. Uh, Jasmine Barnes, as I mentioned before. We had three stories this year. There's been, three. this year has been a lot of violence when it comes to children. Because I remember like probably a week or a week or a week and a half after the Jasmine Barnes case, um, there was the dad who killed his three little kids and then tried to kill the mom. The mom was in a coma. So it was just, it was just a lot. <laughs> why is all these, why, why is adults killing children? That's Your question. own. That That's is, question. what is the factors to that? You know, cause I have a, a kid myself and it's like, I must as my kid run around and do bad stuff. It's not going to make it to a point. I want to kill you. Mm-hmm. You know, like how, you know what I mean? Like, why would you, what is the motive? Like, with the mom, what is the motive? You get what I'm saying? Why? Because if she is, in my 
my guess. And I think she's involved in it somehow. Maybe not criminal, like you said, but, you know, why would you leave with, you know, just step there right there? And it's just like, what's the motive? Because people are asking, like, why? Why did you leave your child with the stepdad? You know, now you're just not speaking up, but can we believe you? I remember the time when she had that press conference and then she was, she was like, had the shades on, but then no tears coming out. She was like, balling up, but no tears came out or something like that. People was like, oh, look, she's lying. She, there's no tears coming out of her face, out of her eyes. You know, it's like people, you know, it's a lot of questions with that. I mean, like I said, we don't know. And the thing is, if she is innocent, you got to understand what she's going through as a mom. And you gotta oh, it's hope. tough. You got to just hope that, you know, she gets some closure, that her and the, the entire family gets some closure. I bet that's tough. Can you imagine people, you leave you leave this station right now, you go outside, a hundred people come out. Oh, Janelle, blah, blah, boo, we don't like you, yada, yada, yada. You got to go in the elevator. It's already hot in the elevator. Then you got a hundred people in there. Makes it even hotter. Then what the, what the elevator breaks? Now y'all all stuck. You care okay what I'm saying? As much as you want the coverage and the footage, but dog, you in the elevator like, man, this thing, it's a lot of people in here. You might get stuck in this elevator. And it's stuck. Now you got to hear more people rambling in your voice, in your ear for two more hours. Waiting on somebody to fix the elevator. Man, come on, man. It's, it's tough. Trust me. She's going, she probably can't sleep. She probably can't sleep. It's a lot going on. And I told you, I watch a lot of Netflix documentaries. This should be a Netflix documentary. Like, this is, like, captivating. Like, this is, like, yo, like, every day there's something new almost. You know, it's, like I said, I've been living here for 25 years, and I've never seen or, like, you know, talk to anybody involved in a case like this. Because I seen, shoot, I, I don't know if it was in Houston, but it was a three-year-old girl that died in the car. The father left the car to burn, left the three-year-old in there. Did you see that? I saw that. I don't remember where that was. I don't know. I think it was, like, last week, and it was, I don't. I know it wasn't. I think it was like Atlanta or North Carolina or something. But anyway, that's crazy. So we covered all that. What about that Baytown shooting? What you think about that? Just brief, briefly. You know, uh, I remember the morning of that shooting, and I remember I I go in at three thirty in the morning. So <laughs> at three o'clock every morning, I call my producer and I ask her what I'm covering, just so I can dress appropriately for whatever mm-hmm. I'm covering. So she's like, and this granted, Malia's still going on. So she's like, you know, right now we have you on Malia, but there's some breaking news that we may put you on. So I was like, okay. She's like, I don't know yet. So I'm like, okay. Mm. So I get dressed, get into the station. Granted, they kept me on Malia because of continuity. But the Baytown shooting is what happened. So we have the Snapchat video. 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. Um, and I am very against i don't i don't want to watch any video of someone dying and like in this profession we end up watching them a lot um like because people give us access to you know the surveillance video of like a shooting or whatever yada yada so as we're shooting it i mean you're watching it and i remember the one that scarred me the most was uh the new zealand mosque shooting because the guy has it it's like point of view and he's going in the mosque and he's killing up everyone and i just remember that first shot and seeing that first person drop to the floor and like shrieking because I'd never, like, you know, you don't see anything like yeah. that. Uh, was that on TV? Mm-hmm. It was a while ago. Okay. It was towards, it was um, at the beginning of the year. Okay. More towards the beginning of the year. But uh, regardless, so I watched this Snapchat video. And, you know, you hear her scream out, she's pregnant. And you see her. I mean, granted, you can see her tase him. She tases the officer. So, I mean, in the context of the video, you can't do that to a police officer. 
Right. But with learning more about the backstory, um, you kind of learn that there there was other things that could have been done. So this officer and Pam Turner, the woman that was that was shot and killed, um, they had had multiple run-ins before. Okay. Um, Pam Turner was known for having mental issues. She had mental problems. The officer knew she had mental problems. So the one thing that got me, and I, I literally just had a conversation with Sheriff Ed Gonzalez about this. So Harris County, HPD, and um, Harris County, what is it, DA's office and all that, they have a new program. And I really, I went out to the rollout of it a couple of weeks ago. And essentially, it's about making sure that people that are um, getting 911 calls on them and stuff like that, that have mental health issues, aren't being taken to the jails, but instead, for, for nonviolent offenses, but are instead being taken to a mental health facility downtown. Um, this mental health facility just had a whole bunch of like millions of dollars granted to it. Um, there's a number of beds there, and it's where those people can get the help that they need so that they're not getting in trouble out on the streets. Okay. So the question that I asked the sheriff was whether or not his officers had to be retrained so they could tell when they were dealing with someone with mental issues or if they were just dealing with somebody that was a criminal. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, we went through, we trained them, yada, yada. Now, granted, I mean, like, sheriff's office in Baytown police are two different entities. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they're doing this here in Harris County and they're not, you know, it's not like a trickle-down effect to those officers over there makes you wonder. So it's like, how do officers deal with patients, with people that have mental health issues, A? Mm-hmm. B, if he'd already had run-ins with her, knew she had mental health issues, why would he try and take her on by himself? Now, I say that, and I'm not excusing the fact that, you know, she used force on the officer whatsoever. But, like, those are all factors that need to I, that need to factor into this case. And it's something, I mean, nationally, people's eyes are on it. I mean, after it happened, I can't tell you how many of my friends in other places were hitting me up like, oh, my gosh, are you on this story? Right. Miss, I, this one is different than a lot of police shootings, too. Because like a lot of times, um, the videos that we see, it's not provoked. Exactly. This time, I mean, you clearly see her tase him. We, by history, obviously, police officers that kill these black people, they don't get charged for nothing. And we'd be like, yo, come on now. Really? He did this. This one, he's definitely not getting charged. He's suspended without pay as I heard. Uh, With pay. Well, with pay. Suspended with pay. Yeah. So it's like, they're going to be like, look, it was self-defense. He took my, she took my taser. He, she tased me. And then, too, he t- I think she tased him, like, in a private area, I think. It's like, yo, come on, dude. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you get here. That's pretty sensitive. So then I'm not on the side. I'm not on any side. Like, I'm just saying, like, straight down the line. Like, look, she they had multiple run-ins. She tased him. Now, do I agree with five times shooting? No, that's, that's overkill. You know, you hit once. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't even say advice to shoot anyway. You know what I mean? But it's just one of those things. It's like, God, he like you know, another one of us that's dead because of the same thing. You know, then they're going to be like, look, he, she chased him, all these other things. But you know I mean, that's, the, the one day, thing I'll say that I hope comes from this is that Baytown Police Department has a conversation about how to deal with people with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. I think that's the big takeaway in this case. 
That's true. They should. I think they. I mean, to me personally, I think every. What are they doing in the training? You get what I'm saying? Like, why? Why is uh, why are we having a lot of police shootings towards towards black people? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we doing? Tra- We're not training our officers right, and 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 it sucks because there are some good officers out there. My friend's dad is an officer. You know what I mean? I got two friends, two of my friends as officers. You get what I'm saying? I know personally officers my age. They're good people, good cops, but there's so many bad cops that outweighs the good. So we think in our minds that every cop is bad, and that's not true. That's like all journalists is not messy and want to be gossip. Like, we have some cool ones. And it, but it's just out the bad. It's just always the good. And it just sucks that we, we got to keep going through this. All right, here we go again. You know, so it's just one of those things. It's like we have footage. You seen the one with um Sandra Bland, like the new one? That she was in the of car? Her, of her shooting, her own video. Yeah. Of her arrest. What you think about that one? Just opening that case back. I, I'm just very surprised that initially that mm-hmm. wasn't out there. And that's my thing. Like, why why are we just not seeing that? So there, there's there's a lot. There's, man, look. It's crazy. I remember one time, real quick, it was, a, it was a story. I think it was somebody trying to bomb somewhere or something. And I forgot. I think it was like last year. I, I think it was in New York or something. And uh, the police officer had his body cam on. Like the cam from the, the body cam. It was on, but when these my bad, but when these uh police, when the police officers kill like the black people, the body cam is never on. It just strikes me like sometimes it's wise and isn't it's on with the guy y'all seen that about to bomb a place or something, but it's not on when they kill. The body camera know. was on when he was with Pam Turner. Do we got In the Baytown? Footage? We got the footage. I don't know if the footage has been released yet, but based on what the um, what officials have put out with us is that it coincides with what was seen on that Snapchat video, and it gives a little more context to what led up because you know the Snapchat video starts at like a certain. Yeah. So I'm asking this question then. We always say when the police when a when a white cop kill a black cop, I mean black person, it's race. Now with the footage, do you think this is race? Do you think this is cowardly or a bully? Well, you have to put this into more context because the officer wasn't white. He was Hispanic. Right. So, I mean, that's two minorities. So it's it's not a race thing. I mean, it could be. We don't know. Because a lot of people point to that, too, sometimes. Like, it's it could be race. But it's always, like, the white cops doing it, so. Yeah, but, I mean, like I said, Pam Turner wasn't an instance. It wasn't a white officer. So, I mean, does it go into, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter, you know, this whole string of white officers killing black people? Right. Maybe. Maybe not. As I said, you know, he's not he's not a white man. Yeah. We'll see. I think this this um, both cases is really crazy. uh, Not Sandra Bland. Baytown. Baytown and Malia Davis. Good job. Did you use your notes today? Barely. Use them all? Oh, you didn't need them, huh? I didn't need them. That's a lot of scribble scrabble on here. Good Lord, you worse, you write worse than me. Good, look at this Monday. I just write quickly. You and you got a backside too? I didn't know you did all this. Oh, good job. 
Yeah, no, you came prepared. Okay. I came prepared. All right. Nobody came. You're the first person ever come slipping. with notes. You weren't going to catch me slipping. We got to remember, too, journalists, that's your, yeah, you're exactly. going to write a lot. You want to put out the right information. I mean, as a journalist, I feel like, especially in this era of, like, fake news, you want to be sure that you're factual with whatever you're telling the people. Right. It was a very serious podcast. Episode. I know. This was Let's intense. lighten it up. <laughs> this, was, this was, but you know, this was one of the times you had it to. It was, it was. Yeah, I think, hey, I ain't gonna lie, I think we might go over eight o'clock. I ain't gonna lie to you, I'm sorry. We're gonna, we gonna go over eight. So, I know you're practicing your form right now, mm-hmm. but I know, <laughs> I think we're gonna have to go over eight o'clock. I mean, so, I mean, who, it's eight o'clock. I mean, nobody's here, so I don't care. But, yeah, I mean, you know, we came in this thing like, hey, Malia Davis, intense conversation. That's not a podcast. Is. I ain't gonna be intense every episode. Some of them I have. I know I've seen I've seen some of your more fun ones. Which, so next time, what's up, what's, next time we're doing something fun. So which one was your most fun? one? What was the most fun one you heard? Um, watching a lot of makeup songs. No, probably Slim Thug. Honestly, really? Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. You know what's crazy? Everybody saying my last episode I had was their favorite one. Which one? Which MC one? MC Major. Oh, I didn't see that one. About situationships and all that. The people was like, "Yo, that's their favorite." Slim Thug was a good one. Um. This one, this one is gonna be good because this is a hot topic. This is trendy. And I hate that it's trendy because it's like nah, murder and nah, a kid. Yeah, but I mean, trendy. It's just something that people are talking about. Yeah, I don't want to say trendy. It's on the forefront of a lot of people's brains. Right. That's. But it was good though. Yeah. Very intense. We gonna light. It's like we gonna light it up. What is that Monday? You can say you can look. I want Monday to talk. I've been trying to get Monday to talk for eighty shows. Monday, when you say something, you can say it. What you want to say? You can say it. He's like, nah, not today. Oh, my goodness. People are going to hear his voice one day. There's some episodes you hear his voice, but not on. he ain't going to say on this one. Not today. So, are we going to Miami? Yes. Okay. I'm, are, we, is, are we going? I'm. What is this? My four, Pete? This might be five. No, this is my fourth. Minneapolis. Sure? Detroit. New no, Orleans. I'm doing in order. Minneapolis. D.C. No. The, is it oh, Orleans? the next one was D.C. You're right. D.C. New Orleans. New Orleans Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, this is number five for me. me too. Miami. Um. This is funny. I always say, NABJ, I mean, it's expensive. Let me let me not lie. Especially when you're in that first market and you're not making that much money, NABJ is expensive as I don't know what. But I always say, other than my 401k, it's the best investment that I've ever made. Easily. Every job that I've gotten has been through NABJ. Right. Every job. That's my right. mentors, through NABJ. A lot of my friends, NABJ, and my mentees. Shout out to Theo. I think every time I have a journalist on, it's because of Theo. Because of Theo. To be connected. And you know what's crazy? I know Theo from his mentor. His mentor and I went to Cornell together, and his mentor is one of my best friends. Who's mentor? Harrison Sanford. Do you know Harrison? I should put you in contact with him. Harrison does sports. He has um, a podcast with Danny Green on the Raptors. I heard of Okay, Theo did something about him then. Yeah. Okay. Inside the green room. Yeah. Yeah. I don't label as a sports person no more. Really? I'm pretty personality. Because, you okay. know, people think this show is personality. Sports. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want it to be like, you know. I know. I was like, dang, I'm on the sports show. Oh, I made it. See, <laughs> I, I made I think, it. I think this we're going to do one day. I think we're going to do a Q&A because a lot of people be like, oh, what's your show? You know your feet's on my foot right now. Jesus Christ. You know what? God. I was paying you back for kicking me three times during the interview. Well, it was actually twice. It was on accident. But, Thank like, you. people always be like, oh, it's your show. Somebody asked me one time, is my show connected to TSU? I'm like, there's no ESPN on campus. Then anything is a sports show that ESPN. I mean, yeah, because yeah, ESPN. I mean, I what know. do you think? 
to make a difference, a twist. All right. Well, when we when you do the Q and A, we're gonna switch roles. I'm gonna ask you the questions. Cool. Are and you... then I get to come back, and we get to do something more. Oh, so I'm okay. So you? We oh. Might. You know what? Maybe. Maybe we'll see. We're gonna see. We're gonna see. Send us send this interview to your people, and let. I'm them... gonna have my people call your people. All right, well, Monday, then. what's your number? <laughs> That's your people. Right? <laughs> hey, we not deep, man. Look, man, we, people thought we had like 20 people working behind the scenes. No, it's me and him. So Tank it's Monday's and- job to make you look good. That's how, you know what, though? That's how journalism is. They think that there's like 50 million of us. They think we get hair, makeup, wardrobe. I thought y'all did. No. You got buy own clothes? Yeah. Even in the big market? This is a big market. I know. This is number seven. <laughs> yes. Buy my own clothes. Really? Yeah. You should hire a stylist. Do you not like how I dress on air? No, I'm not saying <laughs> like that. I'm just saying like. Y'all. No. <laughs> first of all, I don't wake up that all early. All right. The interview's over. You're mm, crazy. I'm out. <laughs> I don't, first of all, I don't, even, I, don't, I don't get up that early to watch the rush. I don't, I don't get up early. You know what? I'm going to send you. I'm going to call you. Every day at 6 o'clock, well, so you can you watch the 6 o'clock hour. Well, as long as you don't wear on big old black boots you be wearing, we're good. My, my stumping no, boots. Are you going to stump the yard? Yes. Yes, I am. You wore those things to prospect. I don't know. Why you got these boots on? Whatever. It's all good, though. We're gonna get, um, look, I'm going to get you a stylist. If, if you need me to dress you, I got you. I promise. I do. You gonna pay for my stuff? If you pay for it, you can stop. I'm gonna just tell you what's again. You no, no, pay no, no, for no, no. it. You gonna you gonna pay for it? Look, man, I don't know. I mean, you about to be making the big bucks since you got a degree. Okay, oh. okay, the voice of the millennials. Oh, gonna say that. You know what? All right. I knew you gonna bring that up. I knew you gonna bring that up. Okay, shoot. Okay, you gonna be big balling. I'm ready. We're going shopping. We're going to Neiman. We're going to Saks. I don't, uh, oh. <laughs> No, man, it's not. It's not like. It's not, nah. Yes. That's yes. not me. That's okay. not me. We can go low end. We'll go to Nordstrom. Oh, oh, that's so low. That's still, that's still out my Nordstrom. range. Walking out with the black Saks Fifth Avenue bag. Nope. Yep. I'm look, and I'm gonna tag you in all my posts. Styled by a kill. Hashtag. You're so boosting right now. You got more. Good, you got more degrees than me. Okay. Two to one. Yeah. So you don't want that style in the profiling. I'm trying to be like you. You don't want to talk about my wardrobe, though. I didn't talk about it. I just, <laughs> I, I just thought no, no, I just thought every news station. Can I style you, too? Cool. Um, these gray sweatpants? What you thought this was? I'm, I'm relaxed. I can't okay. wear sweatpants when I'm relaxed? I didn't say that. I just asked the question. Are you, don't like, are you don't like these sweatpants? I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to put you in, like, the khakis. I'm going to have them in some boat okay, shoes, nah, y'all. Okay, nah. Some boat shoes. All right. Button up. It is not going to be Polo, though. It's going to be U.S. Polo Assassin. <laughs> Look, we had a great conversation. Thank you for coming through with all the shenanigans and all the good details you bring overall. What's that, Monday? Oh, the finals. That's what you were saying the whole time. So that's what you were doing the basketball format? Really? I didn't know that. You didn't mention This is a sports show, remember? True, but I didn't know you watch sports. Um, Who you got? Golden State. Don't win it all again, unfortunately. Wow. Ah. Man, I got to take Golden State. Man, Golden State, Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, if Milwaukee won, if the Bucks won, I would be very happy. Like, that just Midwest love. And Milwaukee has been trash, you know? So, I mean, like, they're wow. coming up. 
Yeah, I mean, they've been they've been doing good. Yeah, I mean, this, this year. Last year, they was in the playoffs. Okay, so were we. <laughs> Small. We as the Rockets. The Rockets. The Rockets. You know what? I'm so over the Rockets. Oh, I got a story. It's not. It's real quick though. So I was. Oh yes, I seen Slim Thug. So remember how he was on the show? We was talking about the Rockets. He's like, man, look, man, we gonna we gonna make it. We gonna do this. I believe in my home team. I said, all right. I was being realistic. I was like, look, I don't think they can go far. And I told plenty of people that came on the show talking about the Rockets. Oh, I remember once I had my boy Chill come on. Got the I.O. visuals thing going around right now. And he'll be like, man, if it's Houston and Cleveland, Joe Green will stick LeBron. I said, what? Yeah, I put Joe Green on LeBron. All right, whatever. They got bounced out last year. This year, Slim Thug come on the show and talk about, man, we're going to hold it down, man. Yeah, you know, got the talk and everything. So I see him out yesterday at Revolver, and I see him, you know, Sugar Daddy Slim Apparel had the hat, had the, the bill working, the, 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 the button down. I was like, okay. Yo, Slim, what, what, what happened? Man, I don't know, man. I don't know. I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> the Rockets don't know either. Mike D'Antoni didn't know either. James Harden damn sure don't know either. So, that Houston just don't, they just don't know right now. Astros do. The Astros killing it. Astros killing it. Texans is that. I'm an Astros I, fan. I'm a football and basketball guy. I, don't I, watch base- I never watched baseball until I got here because we got a good team. I don't watch baseball until September, October. Okay. I'm just being, being 100. So Ellen DeGeneres is going to be doing the Astro game Wednesday. She's been tweeting about it. What's she doing for the Astros? I have no idea, but she's First like, pitch. if you're an Astro fan, she's like, hit me up. You're definitely going to want to be at Wednesday's game, da-da-da. Because, I mean, they've been killing it. They were like, they have, what, nine-game winning streak? They're at a nine-game yeah. right now? Yeah. Yeah. Shaq do work for the Astros. That is true. You got to ask Shaq. I'm going to ask him. So, it's Wednesday? Wednesday. What time? Whenever the game is. <laughs> I thought you knew the time of the game. You I'm know sorry. what? I'm in this show. I'm sorry. Look, I'm glad you came through. Thanks Will for I bring having you on again? me. I don't know. I just, I just used you for the, the whole thing we were talking about.